0: Good day, good day to you i as of as of the time that i 'm recording this it 's thursday and i haven 't I recorded nFL picks my my results the results of week one and then picks for week two and i haven 't posted it yet but by the time you hear this, I will have posted it, and I will be posting it very shortly because uh, week two starts tonight with the big uh, Giants versus the Washington football team. And I was just I was just listening on the, on the Dan Patrick radio show. Uh, there's going to be some kind of announcement at halftime regarding the future of the Hard Knocks series, which we've talked about before here on the podcast. I think I talked about it recently here on the Old Birthday Boy podcast. And uh, it's uh, you know NFL Films. It's great because you're getting. I, I can't imagine the stress of working on that, even though it's only five weeks during the preseason the turnaround time you're watching it on Tuesday and it includes footage that was filmed I think as as recently as Sunday maybe even Monday morning if there's something like really big that happens on a Monday uh, so I can't imagine having to go through all that footage every week for five even again just five weeks so when you get to the end of it it's like whoo okay well that's uh, that was a that was a lot of my time there for the month of August and into early September. But uh, hey, at least it's only five weeks out of the year. You know, these I'm sure, I would imagine the guys in the editing booth, in particular, when I when I talk about this, the post production people having to assemble this together, it just has to be uh, it has to be quite the effort around the clock. I would imagine for those five weeks. And if you don't know, it's NFL Films they have a whole camera crew and it's a whole documentary crew that follows one team every year during preseason. So from early August until early September, you get 5 weeks pretty much every Tuesday in August and then the first Tuesday or so in September is when you get the uh, the Hard Knocks thing. And then yeah, right before the regular season starts is when the last episode airs. So I think a week ago, I think last Tuesday, that was yeah, that was that was episode 5 preseason's over. You watch you watch the coaches, you'd see who gets cut, who gets to stay, who's on the practice squad, who gets maybe picked up by another team and all this stuff and that's for anybody who likes football and or documentaries of any kind. I just I love watching the behind the scenes of stuff that I'm interested in and I don't know anything about and it's always it's always very fascinating to me and seeing little little glimpses into their personal lives too which is cool it's not just you know i do i get i get a little bored when it just shows practice and it shows them running and this and that it's like oh, okay well i mean this is stuff you could just turn on espn or the nfl network and i could see what what's happening at practice i want to see them afterwards i want to see them talking i want to see them you know yelling at each other i want to see the, the what's his name uh, you know the cute kids you know, the, you know there's a number you know seeing their families and it's it's very interesting people have these you know all these everybody has a story right so it's it's neat to see these guys who you you frankly might not see ever again on television after hard knocks because they they might not make the team and they might not make any other team and they may be their nfl careers may come to an end in early september <laughs> and that's it not not their careers with that team, their career's period, and they 're done, and you never hear from them again it's just, or they could go on to become a, you know the next huge superstar, or it's a superstar who's at the end of their career and you say it's it's great it's great you know we saw the, we saw really the end of Chad Ochocinco's career on hard Knocks when he went to the Dolphins in two thousand and twelve, and Coach Philbin cut him from the team and uh I don't think he signed with any other team after that, because he had some fucking mental problems. Which again, I'm 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 going on a tangent here. I'm digressing. But Chad Ochocinco, back in like, I remember watching this game. Maybe it was 2007, 2008, 2009. It was one of those three seasons, because it was the last. uh, It was the last time I lived in New York, and I remember when he was on the Bengals. He. He got rattled real, but he got hit real hard, and he was down in the middle of the the field. And he was a lovable guy; everybody knew him. He would do the little, you know, he had an interesting new uh, end zone celebration every week. He would, uh, you know, he would do the Irish dance, the jig, and he would he'd spin the foot, you know, all these things. Ah, That's fun. And then he'd get fined, and everybody would everybody would say that NFL stands for the No Fun League, and all that, which is yeah, it's stupid. Like, come on that's that's part of the fun is seeing the touchdown celebration and looking forward to that. Yeah, okay. So he got he got he got rattled real bad during one of these games and he was he was out. <laughs> it was it looked it looked really bad. And then it seemed like after that he, he his persona changed and he was he was not just kind of a lovable goofball but he was really just he was doing stuff off the field. I don't even remember. I mean, he, Chad, his name's Chad Johnson. He changed his name to Chad Ocho Cinco because his name because his jersey was eighty five, which isn't even if you know. I don't know Spanish, but I know Ocho Cinco is not Spanish for eighty five. It's just uh, Spanish for eight five. Uh, number eight five. Chad Johnson, Chad Ocho Cinco. Anyway, he he had a few more years with the NFL after that, and. I think the last place he went was the Dolphins in 2012, and on hard knocks, we got to see him getting cut, uh, not because of his performance, but because he was, uh, he was screwing around off the field. I think he had, I don't, I don't remember, it was uh, drunk driving stuff, maybe, I, I, I can't even recall. he Nonsense stuff that could have been avoided, just silliness that like, oh, you have a job that nobody else in the world has, and you just fucking blew it for silly reasons. And now somebody else has your job, and I'm pretty sure he didn't play football after that. Anyway, NFL Hard Knocks is great for that reason. You get to see all this stuff behind the scenes and see it unfold. And they have they have cameras everywhere in the offices and the practice facilities and all this stuff. And they're following everybody around. And sometimes it's lighthearted and fun. Uh, you know, you might watch them go. Uh, Take a golf cart to a fast food restaurant, and this silliness ensues, or it's or it's very serious shit. Um, You know, last year they followed, they actually followed two teams, the Los Angeles teams, the Rams and the Chargers, and we got to see. uh, You know, that was during the summer of COVID and uh, Black Lives Matter and all this stuff, and you know, had a a little more of a serious note for a number of reasons. Some people liked that, some people didn't because they'd rather just watch the football stuff. I uh, I thought it was just the right amount. Because it wasn't the entirety of the program, but also when you have COVID and you don't have fans and practice isn't the way that it normally is and everything's different, like you have to you have to fill in those five those five hours with uh, some different stuff. So anyway, it's a great show, and the extension of that is on Amazon, and I don't think they did it last year. I think it's been, uh, I think the 2019 season was the last time they had All or Nothing, which follows. One team for an entire season. But you don't get to see that until, you know, the season ends, let's say, December, January, February, if you're in the Super Bowl. And uh, that that series usually doesn't come to Amazon until, yeah, I want to say maybe March, April so you're not watching it and and they give you all the episodes after the season's over. So in March you're watching, you start watching the f- episode 1 and it's like late August, early September that's being documented versus Hard Knocks where you're watching it on a Tuesday night and you're seeing what just unfolded since last Tuesday. And it's 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 as real time as a documentary can be without just being li- <laughs> a live stream of the practice facility. Uh and it's it's NFL Films, so it's it's masterfully done, great You know the camera work is outstanding. The audio is outstanding. You know everything's great about it. But it's like okay, you get a little, a little nice thing to keep you satisfied during the preseason. And they're going to have some kind of announcement tonight. And I, I'm curious to know what that is. And they were just speculating. I've been saying for a long time, All or Nothing is a great show, but it's not. It's not during the season. Hard Knocks is a great show. It's during the preseason boy it would be great and it would be a tremendous amount of effort and maybe that's why they haven't done it because they would have to have uh, be paying people a lot more to have, the, have to have the crew and to have the post production people and everything else to put it together but what a what a thing that would be if you got to watch the, the, the football games and then every week you're seeing uh, almost a real time documentary let's say let's say on a tuesday night or a wednesday night that shows you what the team just went through in this last week. That would be fascinating. So you have to wonder if they're making an announcement about Hard Knocks. It's got to be something good, right? If they were canceling the show if they were ending ending the show. I don't think they would hype up a halftime announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, Hard Knocks is canceled. I can't imagine that's what's going to happen. So it has to be something good. It has to be something if they're going to announce something about Hard Knocks, it has to be bigger and better, right? What's the NFL? What does the NFL do every year? It gets bigger and it gets better. Arguably, depending on who you talk to, um, they try to change things to make it better. They add new technology to make it better. The channels, the broadcasts, add some. You know, on Monday you had Peyton and Eli Manning. You could flip over to ESPN Two and watch watch the Manning brothers watching the football game and talking about it. Some people said it was really captivating. I flipped over and did not think it was anything that resembled captivating. But I didn't watch them chatting through the whole game. I'm sure they had some fun stuff to say. Uh, You know, it it was a little it was a little awkward. If they do it every week, I'm sure it's going to get really, really. I wouldn't say really, really good, but better, better. By the time we get to the end of the season, so there's always they're always innovating, always adding, always you know, watching game rewind so if you don't have direct tv you can you can watch, you can still watch every game just not live and if you have direct tv you can watch every game live and you can watch different broadcasts on different networks and you can you know, the red zone channel came out in what 2008 2009 that's a whole change the way that these game you can now you don't have to have every game on you can but you can still see every game and so you can see the big moments of every game which is the touchdowns and the scoring plays and all that stuff it's it's the most innovative of of to me, the most innovative of any of the sports leagues. And the game itself lends itself to being you you couldn't do a red zone channel for the other sports. I, you know, I guess I guess MLB could do and I feel like they did at one point. I feel like I feel like Major League Baseball actually had some kind of home run channel during not every night, but maybe on a on a Tuesday or something. I feel like and maybe I'm remembering this wrong. I feel like Major League Baseball experimented with something where you could see live home runs. Well, that's great, except the only problem is there's a lot of games that don't have any home runs in them. A football game is pretty guaranteed you're going to see a touchdown because the only way you can score is a touchdown or a field goal. Uh, you know, seeing every, uh, seeing every run in a baseball game, I don't know how thrilling that is. What I always thought is for NMLB when they started doing this in the world series a few years ago is they would just show, you know, the last the whole inning like every pitch they would show it in like 10 seconds. Pitch, pitch, pitch 1, pitch 2, pitch 3, pitch 4. Here's what happened. Oh, this was a home run. This was that. This was that. And then you could watch if you did it that way you could watch an entire baseball game in probably 20 minutes. Nevertheless, uh the NFL, just the way the game is and how it's played and how, it's, how you can score, lends itself to being the most fun and the most open to innovation, I think. And so certainly with hard knocks, if they're going to go out of their way on a Thursday night game to hype up some kind of announcement about uh, a 20-year long-running TV show that documents the NFL during the preseason, if I had to guess, I'd say... It's getting bigger and better. Maybe not. I don't. Maybe not better, but bigger. Better will be. Uh, I mean, that's that's all. Uh, that's subjective, right? That's that's all up to uh, up to our our opinion. But I, if I were to guess, I would say Hard Knocks is now going to. Yeah, maybe they'll. I'm sure they'll still maybe stick to the preseason, and maybe they'll pick a team to follow during the preseason. And then maybe they'll continue to follow that team through the entire season. That would be my guess. That would be the the simplest from A to B. Okay, this is what we've been doing with Hard Knocks for the last 20 years. Where do we go? You'd take it from a preseason five-week series. And now you make it a weekly series that goes all the way through September, October, November, December. Maybe even into the playoffs. That's also, like I said, that is a huge that is a huge effort. And you have to have people to do it, which it's going to, you know, you spend money to make money. If you can, if it brings more people into watching NFL stuff, then cool. I guess it's worth it. Uh, and if HBO or somebody is going to pay a ton of money to get Hard Knocks, it's a, an entire season, because NFL just prints money. Everybody just want, you know, billions and billions of dollars paid for TV rights and for this and for that. So I'm sure getting getting. I'm sure HBO. I don't know what they pay. It's no small sum to have the rights to air just five weeks of the NFL preseason. Would anybody care about that? I mean, for any other preseason in any other sport, that, some, but not to this degree. I'd love to see it because I think that you know I'd love to see a, a an NFL Films type thing with the NBA in the in the locker room and stuff like that. You know, something something like the Last Dance, but just I mean, obviously there's no Michael Jordan, but following a team. Fo- I love. I would love to see a behind the scenes of this year's Los Angeles Lakers with all the old timers <laughs> who are all younger than me by several years, but they're the old timers in the league. It's by far the oldest team age wise in the entire league with LeBron and all the veteran. You know Carmel. I mean, so many of these guys. I and the egos and the personalities. I would love to see behind the scenes of the LA Lakers. I'm. I just. It's crazy that. It seems like the NFL is the only ones they, they put these ideas out there, prove for them to be successful. Any of the other sports leagues could say, hey, yeah, we should, we should try something like that. We should go inside our locker rooms and our practice and our training facilities and get, get a little more personable with, uh, with some of these guys so they, they know the personalities of the people that they're watching. Uh, anyway, but what do I know? I'm just some asshole with a podcast. So I would imagine that, yeah, if they're going to make an announcement, is that we're just going to get more hard knocks. And they're going to follow a team through. And if if not the regular season, maybe we're going to get hard knocks in the playoffs. I could see that happening. I could frankly see hard knocks, and not just for one team, but following all of the teams throughout the playoffs. One of the uh, McLovin, one of the personalities on the Dan Patrick show, said maybe they'll do a hard... He said, I don't think... I think they're not only going to do hard knocks for the entire NFL season starting next year, but I think they're going to do it for all 32 teams, (laughs) which that would be quite the undertaking that might not return. uh, Yeah, you might not get the return on that investment of having a film crew and all, all the staff needed to produce an entire season's worth of hard knocks for all 32 teams. I would... And then, and then who has time, barely have time to watch these games, and they're all on a Sunday afternoon. And then we're, and then we're going to watch 32 32 hours of NFL films during the rest of the week. When are they going to air these 32 teams? Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe you subscribe to the NFL on DirecTV and you get all 32. I don't know. That's, uh, that would be, that would be. Quite the accomplishment to be able to watch 32 hours of hard knocks every week. That'd be quite the achievement. Uh but nevertheless, um, so I but I think okay, maybe following one team, and it's interesting, but it's only interesting for the fans of that team and the real hardcore NFL fans by the time hard knocks in the preseason rolls around we're so starved for any kind of football stuff that it's like oh yeah cool hard knocks is back we have to watch the you know go inside the NFL's here we're going inside the NFL and then when 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 amazon's uh, all or nothing airs in the spring it's like okay it's been a month or two since we've had any football oh here's some football documentary recapping the season of the you know, whoever it is, the Arizona Cardinals, Philadelphia Eagles, Carolina Panthers, Los Angeles Rams, Dallas Cowboys. I think those are the teams that they've had so far, and I don't think they did one for last year. Uh, so I can see that happening, but I really, I, the more that I think about it, yeah, maybe they're going to do the playoffs. Maybe the hard they're going to do hard knocks playoffs. And that would be a way that they could follow all of the teams, because every week, you know, you're going to start with like half the teams in the league. And, and then the week after that, you, you know, half of those teams are gone. So it's maybe not, you know, maybe in week one of the playoffs, yeah, you got a lot, there's a lot of hard knocks to watch as you're following all these teams and all these games. But then that, that gets cut in half the following week. And then it gets cut in half the week after that. So it might not be as big of a commitment, A, to produce and B, to watch still a huge commitment to produce but and then and then you watch uh you know Hard Knocks documenting two teams going to the Super Bowl and then a week later you get to watch this great two hour you know NFL Films is is always documenting the Super Bowl anyways but now you've got you know you've got the whole story of the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl and a two hour special that you get to watch the week after the Super Bowl to kind of keep that NFL season going cuz that's the other thing the NFL does better than anybody is they've made it <laughs> they've made it so that NFL football games the regular season takes place from September through early January and then a month of playoffs and the Super Bowl in February and then that's it. So from mid-February until mid-September there's no NFL football being played and yet during that whole period of time you're talking that's 7 months, right? If I'm doing the math, that's 7 months. And you're it's still NFL, any NFL story is still going to eclipse almost any other sports story, you know, with a few exceptions, you know, March Madness and the Masters, big events like that and you know, big stories uh, outside of uh, you know, off the court or off the field in other sports, but the NFL is just a, it's a juggernaut that's uh that can't be stopped. And so I, I lost my train of thought. But nevertheless, I, I you know, having, oh, that was my, that was my thought, is having a, a two-hour NFL Films finale uh, a week or so after the Super Bowl. Um, that's You're just adding another, they've, add, they've already added a week to the season. There's another game. And now they're going to add, if they add hard knocks and, into the preseason or, or into the postseason or something like that. Anyway, that's my thought. It could be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm very, I'm very excited to see what they have to say. Because I love watching those NFL films documentaries. I love Hard Knocks. I love watching All or Nothing. And uh, yeah, love the old football. Love the old foosball game. Okay, uh, I did want to say one other thing. This is completely unrelated. I was looking at Twitter earlier. I'm on my, my lunch. Having a little lunch. And then it's, uh, it's back to the grind. Uh, and somebody was talking about how they how they interviewed for a job. It was a rigorous interview. It was a horrible interview process. And then at the end, the person said, by the way, the interviewer said, by the way, this job only pays 30K. So if you're looking for a bigger salary, you, you should look someplace else. And the person was looking for a bigger salary. And they said, oh, okay, and got up and left. And then the interviewer said, well, wait, 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 wait. And the person left, which is a great story. It's it's to be able to do that is is wonderful. I'm shocked. Reading all the comments in that whole thread, the amount of people who go into an interview having absolutely no idea what the job pays. I guess if I think back to retail days, yeah, I guess that's... I, I guess that's true. And and actually if I think about my very first job which did pay $30,000, actually it paid $29,500 when I left when I left Barnes & Noble, which I wasn't making that much less than that at Barnes & Noble as a department lead and having a lot of fun. And uh and I went to Key I went to yeah, my first uh my first job at KeyBank, whatever. I don't think it matters if I tell you that. Uh and they pay, they paid me twenty nine five, which I didn't know until I got the offer letter, uh, FedEx delivered to my doorstep. They could have they could have bumped that they could have bumped that right up to an even thirty k if they had not uh, overnight FedEx delivered the offer letter and just uh, you know told me over the phone or something. But it was like, well, but it was my first, my first big boy job, so I really didn't care. I knew I was gonna, whatever it was, I was gonna be making more than I was in, in retail at Barnes and Noble, making eleven seventy five an hour or whatever it was, whatever ridiculously low salary, low uh, hourly wage I was making at Barnes and Noble. But uh, it was, yeah. I guess if I think back, that was the that first job I didn't know until, uh, I well the guy the guy did call me. And said, okay, yeah, and this is what they can pay you. Because in the interview, they asked, what are your salary requirements? And I said, I have no idea. I was such a noob. It was my first, like, interviewing for a job in an office. Like, I don't know. I just want a job in an office, and I want to not work weekends anymore. And I want vacation time and health benefits. And you provide all those things. So, I don't know, pay me whatever. (laughs) <laughs> That's basically what I said. I said, "Look, if this job secretly pays three hundred thousand dollars a year, I don't want to blow myself up here. So I'll, I'll gladly ask for three hundred thousand. But if not, I'll take." I basically said, "I'll take whatever this job pays," <laughs> because I was, you know, that was the spot I was in. And I get it; a lot of people are in that spot. It's just because I've moved on from being in that spot doesn't mean everybody, everybody else has. Because we're all at different phases in our career, and we're all you know every day there's a there's some new college grad high school grad grad school grad phd what have you going out into the world to to find a job and you know graduating you know moving on from what they were doing before into something new and they're new to it and they might not know how to navigate these crazy waters which are oftentimes shark infested but man reading these comments uh, I just couldn't I just couldn't believe how many people walk into these job interviews and they have no idea what they're going to be paid if they even get to that point. And it was actually inspiring reading a lot of people, you know, whether they're true or not, it's anyone's guess, we can't prove it, but a lot of people saying that they, you know, one guy said I drove an hour north of where I lived to interview for a uh, a post office job. Oh my god hiker encounters rattlesnake at blue hills reserve oh man all right note to self stay away from blue hills reservation i've always wanted to go hiking there it's a lovely view of the boston skyline but uh yeah i know there's rattlesnakes like everywhere but i haven't seen them everywhere so as far as i'm concerned all the other places are safe not blue hills what was i saying uh so so somebody in the, in the in the twitter thread said i one one time i drove an hour north to have an interview for a post office job, not realizing until I got there that it was a mass interview with, uh, who knows, dozens of people, hundreds of people, who knows. And the person conducting the interview said, let me just remind everybody, this is, this is a two month assignment. This job will not go beyond two months. If that is a problem for anybody, I would advise you to leave at this time. And everybody got up and left. And the guy said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not everybody, not everybody. It's like, yeah, oh my god, they're showing the rattlesnake walking in the Blue Hills Reserve. Oh, it's a big boy. That looks like a fucking python, or a or a bu- that's a rattlesnake. Oh my god. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Anyway, uh, I guess I guess my only point is, I. And maybe I'm lucky, I don't know, maybe I've just gotten to a place where I know what, (laughs) I don't talk to people until I know what the salary is. And it's pretty simple, if they can't tell me the salary, I tell them what mine is. I say, here's what I'm expecting to be paid. Minimum this much. Which is really not the minimum, but you don't actually tell them the minimum that you want to be paid. You go quite a bit higher, so then they say, oh, we can only pay you this. And you say, okay, I guess I'll take that, but really, secretly, that's, <laughs> it's more than you expected anyways. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just like playing cards. You don't show your hand, and they're not going to show theirs. <laughs> the goal of most of these fuckers is to pay you as little as possible to get as much out of you as possible. Because that's uh, you know that's the society that's capitalism and that's uh, uh, another word for what we do is like major greed where you instead of paying a an honest day's work as it's been what has it been thirteen years since the minimum wage went up which is absurd cost of living has gone up exponentially in that time people are still making seven twenty five an hour which is a horseshit garbage wage it was a horseshit garbage wage twenty years ago when I was making that working at Target for a summer. <laughs> but I didn't give a shit because it's like, well, this isn't, I don't need this to survive. And a lot of people do. And you got these assholes. I see them on Facebook sometimes where they post this thing and they're, you know, it's usually the church going folk who have a real problem with, uh, you know, French fry boy as they so, uh, as Christ would probably also call them. Uh, they say, hey, fry boy. Oh, you're sad because you don't make nineteen an hour? Well, why don't you go join the Marines? And do, 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 do. that's like, can't we can't we be mad that the military also makes a shitty wage and so does the McDonald's worker, which now I think McDonald's is paying like twenty bucks an hour. So that's great. Instead of being mad that some people are finally getting paid what they're worth while others aren't, instead of being mad about that, can't we just be happy? that it's like that's progress is being made yeah pay the fucking pay teachers and nurses and military and all these pay them all more than they're making it sucks don't but don't be mad at some minimum everybody because that's a thing and this is where people this is where like the privilege thing comes in because people think oh well this is just a job for high schoolers and then you're supposed, to, you're supposed to be motivated to want to move on to a better job and a better life. So you shouldn't be paid that much anyways because the low pay is supposed to motivate you to go get your college degree and to go move on to a better job. Motherfucker, not everybody can do that. You understand that? No, you don't. Because you have never had to worry about that because your trajectory has been high school, college, college crappy little job for a little while then the good job then the better job then you work your way up and not everybody has that that's a that's a place of privilege to even be able to it's crazy hey fry boy oh you think you're so special you think you deserve to make more than minimum wage fry boy you piece of shit well here's what the military makes well that sucks the military should make more and so should the fry boy because guess what? Here's a shocking story for you. Breaking news. This just into the studio. Not every person who works at fast food restaurants and grocery stores and bookstores and malls and all these other places, they're not all college kids who are going to move on to something better someday and are just paying some bills, living with mom and dad. Some of these, you ever walk into a store? You ever notice that it's all different ages, shapes, sizes, backgrounds, religions, etc.? Yeah. Weird. Oh, maybe they're not all just college kids and high school kids looking to make a few bucks for beer money while they live at home with mom and dad and wait for the the big jobs to show up after they get their college degree. Maybe it is mom and dad. And that's where they are in life. And maybe, maybe they shouldn't have to work four jobs just to maybe afford their rent or their mortgage or their car payment. Get over yourself, you fucking piece of shit anyway these are all the it's usually the religious folks who have a problem with people making a livable wage you may have noticed the ones who follow the teachings of a messiah who (laughs) who believe the total opposite of the things that they share on facebook so good to know you're paying attention i don't go to church because i hate church and uh i will never go to church and it's not for me. I hated it when I was a kid. I hate it now. I hate religion. I hate organized religion. I hate people. Because uh, guess what? Just like the internet, everybody can have religion. And that means the bozos who don't know anything are going to use it to to make shit up. Just like, and then they're going to go on the internet because everybody gets the internet. Everybody gets to vote. <sighs> so I don't know. I'm, I got to get back to work. Uh what what was I saying? Oh, yeah. When you go into a job, I I don't know if this is possible. I guess it's not possible, but it's ridiculous. Man, tell them you got to tell them like, "Here's here's what I need to make." And obviously, yeah, it can't be ridiculous. If you are applying to be a to be a mail carrier and you say, "Yeah, I'm not getting out of bed for less than 180k." Well, they're probably going to go find somebody else to deliver the mail. I'm sorry to say, but Obviously, we have the internet at our disposal. These companies are still pretending that we don't have the ability to know stuff, to have some insights. But you can between like, oh my God, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Indeed, Monster, all these references. Just, just use Google and type in what is, the, what is the salary for XYZ job in this city, in my city or any city. And you'll get a pretty good estimate. A pretty good, you get Glassdoor account is free, just, you know, your email. And that's how I know when, when I've been faced with that, where I don't know, like, okay, what does this pay? You go to Glassdoor, you type it in. It's going to give you tons of information. Even for, like, some of the obscure position titles that, that are kind of rare, you're still going to get a good idea. And then you can say, all right, well, then when I go in for the interview, if you don't know the salary before the interview... Which you should if you're talking to a recruiter, if you're talking to the hiring person from HR who's internal to that company, whatever the case may be. It used to be in high school. I remember taking business classes in high school. And Mrs. Simer would tell us, oh, it's impolite to ask about the salary. One of the the do's and don'ts of the job interview. Do, dress professionally. Do, make eye contact. Do, present yourself with confidence. Do Okay, great. All good points. And then the don'ts, don't ask about salary. <laughs> like, well, that's a key piece. I know you think we'd all just do all this bullshit for free, but actually we want to get paid for it. And we want to get paid a, a good amount of money. Not the bare minimum, but the reasonable amount of money that we can afford to live off of. So it's actually, I'm, this is my point. I'm here to tell you, ask what the goddamn salary is. And if they are offended by that, then you can just leave. And I know that's a that's a privileged thing for me to say. Oh, no big deal. Just walk out and go to the next job interview. But goddamn it, you can ask. It's not impolite. It really isn't. And anyway, you know, don't just blow in there and in the middle of the handshake, nice to meet you. Say, so what's the salary for this? What am I going to get paid? You know, when the time presents itself, you ask about that. But really, it should be on that initial interview. When somebody reaches out to you, when a recruiter reaches out to you, or the hiring manager or somebody from HR, whoever it is that reaches out to you to say, "Hey, we'd like you to come in and uh, you know, we'd like to talk to you further about this job. I like your I like your resume, I like your credentials. Okay, great. Uh, that's actually an okay time. you can ask. They'll probably ask you. Okay, what are your salary expectations? And if they don't, you can say, "Listen, uh, I'm just curious. Do you have, uh, are you able to provide the salary information uh, for this position?" And they should be able to. And if they can't, I mean, hey, then it's up to you. If it's if it's something that seems worthwhile, go for it, and and then uh, you know make your at least at le- at the very least make your requirements known. Just say, "Listen, I haven't seen the salary listed." Can you tell me what the salary is position? No, I can't. Usually, they're then going to ask you, okay, we I can't tell you. Uh, I don't have that information, but can you tell me what your requirements are? I once applied for a job, or I didn't apply for a job. I was going to apply for a job internally at a company I worked for. It looked kind of interesting. It was like, a, I don't know, it was kind of a communications, kind of—you you know, I don't know. It seemed like, okay, that's kind of interesting. And I went to HR and I said, hey, I'd like to apply for this, but I mean, you know what I'm making? Here's what I'm making now. Is this uh, does this job pay about the same amount? Uh, well, we can't tell you that until you get the job offer. Oh, okay, well, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. I can't I can't give that, that information unless you get the offer. Okay, well, then, um, that I'm not interested. Well, wait, you... But you, so you're not going to apply? You were just interested in the job. Well, yeah, I'm interested in the job, and I'm interested in a job that pays the same or more than I'm currently making, because I act to like eat and have gas in my car to get to this job. So, like, tell me the tell me the salary. I can't do that. Okay, then I can't interview for it. Good luck. Fuck. We're just everything's so fucking. That should just be a. It should be a fucking law. Every job has to have the salary posted. God, that would change things. Anyway, I got to go. I got to get back to work. This has been going on for way too long. I hope you have a great day. And uh, I hope that you get the salary that you deserve. This has been the NFL slash job coaching podcast. This is what happens when I switch over to just, uh, hey, I'm going to give some random thoughts whenever they pop into my head type of thing. I don't know how long this is going to go on for, but... This is, this is the podcast at the moment. <laughs> so here's my thoughts on NFL hard knocks and, uh, and some job advice. And, and again, my advice is find out what the goddamn salary is before you even have the interview because you're wasting – they're wasting your time and you're wasting their time. Everybody's time is wasted by not giving that information. And if they haven't given you that information, ask for that information if they still can't give you that information, then you can say, "Here's my here's my salary, not expectations. These are my this is the required minimum amount that I need to make to even consider interviewing for this job." And maybe they can say, "Yeah, it's not it's lower than that." And then you can say, "Okay. I've had many phone conversations where somebody has said, "What's your what are your salary expectations? What's your hourly rate?" And I tell them and they say, oh, well, we can only go up this high. Would that work for you? No, if it worked for me, I would have told you that that was my salary expectation. So no, I can't go lower than what I've told you because then that's not fair to me and it's not fair to you. And now we're wasting everybody's time. When I tell you it's this much an hour and this much a year, that's what I mean. So I get that information. And I don't have any interview that I've been on in the last 15 years. Well, not that far back. But any interview that I've been on since about 2009, let's say, 2009, I know exactly or ballpark of what this thing is going to pay me. So that's all, that's all the advice I can give you. And I, I just couldn't believe on this Twitter feed thread that there's so many people interviewing for so many jobs that have absolutely no idea. I saw somebody say they didn't know until they got their first paycheck what their what their pay rate was. They just needed a job so bad and I think they were pretty early in their career that they just took whatever they got and didn't even were so nervous they didn't even ask what they were going to be paid. That's why you got to you have to research shit, you have to practice. Practice your interview, even if it's your first job. My youngest kid cannot wait. Just turned 10 yesterday. In four years, they will be legally able to work at Market Basket, the local uh, grocery store chain in New England. One of of several. One of the most beloved. And one of the things they're known for, the pros and cons, I mean, when you go into Market Basket, you're going to see different people every time. But the pro of that is, they hire all the kids who work there are from the local high school they're all 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids in high school they want some spending money they you know unfortunately some of them might need to support their family which sucks but for whatever reason they work at this is a great place that can that can hire people that young and my youngest is looking forward to working at market basket she doesn't need to but she wants to so that she can make her first $1000 so that she can spend she can buy a $1000 worth of beanie boos which i haven't really quite told her you might not care at the age of 14 as you do at the age of 9 and 10 about beanie boos but maybe you will because my dad told the 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 phone rep uh from Nintendo Power when I was 13. Oh, I don't think we need a three-year subscription. My son is my son is whatever, 12, 13, whatever I was at the time. I think I was eleven actually. Oh, my son's eleven, twelve. I, I think a one-year subscription would be fine. I mean in three years he's gonna be he's gonna be a teenager and I think he'll he won't have any interest in video games at that time. Meanwhile, if Nintendo Power still existed, I would have it in my mailbox every month. At the age of forty one. <laughs> so who knows maybe maybe my 10-year-old will be a 14-year-old who still wants to collect all of the beanie boos and then can get a job to do that so i don't have to pay for them which is hey that's fantastic that is support that actually is supporting the family taking your insane beanie boo habit and being personally accountable for it fantastic that puts that that accelerates my timeline of <laughs> of paying off debts and saving for the future and retiring Good, good kid, good kid. But nevertheless, uh, I don't know what I was... But that's a, that's a scenario where... I don't know what my point in saying that was. This is the problem. Too many thoughts. I have too many thoughts. Uh, yeah, but she's, she's going to go in there her first job. And before she even has that interview, if in fact in four years from now that's still something that she wants to do, we're going to sit down... And we're going to have a little, uh, a little career counseling session. And we're going to have a little, some mock interviews. And we're going we're gonna to do some research to figure out. Because, hey, look, I go on interviews every five minutes these days. I know how to go through an interview. I haven't been on an interview for a cash register position in a very, very long time. The last time I worked at a cash register was February 1st, 2008. And I had already started my 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 office job, you know, two months prior to that. so my uh, my cashiering days are hopefully behind me forever. But I haven't had to have a retail interview. so we're gonna we're gonna study, we're gonna practice, we're gonna figure out, you know, here's what the rate is. here's what people get paid. And uh, you know, you're gonna be set when you go in there for the interview. Uh, that's what I mean these people who say, I was so nervous, I didn't even ask about money. Well, you gotta practice for shit like that. It, it, sometimes it doesn't seem like common sense, but by God, you've got to practice for your interviews. For me, I practice for interviews by going on actual interviews all the time. I haven't been on one since May, the end of May. But you know what? If I had to have one tomorrow, I would be ready to go. So that's it. That's all. get get paid what you're worth. That's what I'm saying. Get what you're worth because no company wants to pay you what you're worth. Even the ones that really, really value you still don't want to pay you what you're worth. I've I've had where I've left places where I couldn't get an increase and I left to go somewhere and get an increase. I've had people say when I left the place that I left in March because the pay was just too – I said, you know what? I apologize. I thought I could make this salary work. Uh, Because the benefits are so unbelievable. I can't make the salary work and I need to go find something else. Well, what if we got you up to the salary you wanted? Uh, Well, during uh, negotiations, we went back and forth. And then I asked for, you know, I made my final request and you said it was capped off at a certain amount and you couldn't give that to me. So now you're telling me you can? So, okay. Well, then I definitely don't want to work here anymore because you should have given it to me when I asked for it. Yeah, but I looked at okay, this many vacation days. This uh, this is what I am going to pay in uh, in healthcare benefits. Wow. Okay, I guess I can, I guess I can uh, forego that additional, not a huge amount, by the way. It was really more the extra amount that I was asking for was really just to kind of be a dick, just to see how you know, how much can I squeeze this. I always want to squeeze the lemon for as much as I can squeeze it. And uh, and usually that works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But anyway, (laughs) and then when it was time for me to go, uh, HR said, well, well, we could we could get you we could get you there. Like, oh, because that's interesting, because back in December, you couldn't get me there. (laughs) And now that I'm about to walk away, you can get me there. Well, sorry, but I don't want to work here. And uh, They were not thrilled, but I don't care because I'm never going to work there again, so no big deal. In any event, get what you're worth and enjoy Hard Knocks. Those are the two takeaways. Enjoy, enjoy the NFL Films Productions and get get what you're worth. Get, get paid. Get out there and get paid, baby. All right, I got to go. We'll talk to you later. Go to Birthday Boy. Oh, speaking of getting paid, I have to get paid. Go to birthdayboyshop.com. Pick up some merch. Just made a nice little sale of a super fan earlier this week. Uh, uh, maybe this super fan happens to be related to me by blood. <laughs> maybe we both share the same parents, <laughs> the same DNA. Uh, but still, it's a super fan. Super fan, Jess. Listen to all the episodes of the podcast, which I love. Uh, I love all the super fans out there who have been listening since the beginning who haven't stopped, who haven't found better things to do, I appreciate that. And even your patience and waiting all this time, sometimes a month before the next podcast comes out. And I'm trying to make up for that now, as you can see, by doing podcasts here and there when a thought pops into my head. The problem is when a thought pops into my head and I think I'm going to talk for five minutes, uh, the timer here says 48 minutes and eight seconds. So <laughs> that's a, that's a problem. All right. I got to get back to it. Go to birthdayboyshop.com. Lunchtime's over. It's 1240. Uh, I got shit to do. You do too. Hopefully you're enjoying these little podcasts, these little pop-up podcasts. And uh, that's all. Go get paid. Go watch NFL films. Can't wait to see what the Hard Knocks announcement is tonight. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Birthday Boy... (laughs) I was going to say the Birthday Boy Shopcast. (laughs) Birthdayboyshop.com. We'll talk to you next time on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators!